Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. You're listening to Denver Orbit, featuring voices. I'm going to give you an awkwardly long and uncomfortable list of reasons why you shouldn't shave outside. Stories. Now, he was very outspoken about the effects of, of war on himself. The music from Colorado's creative community. Listen at DenverOrbit.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or most other podcast apps. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2018, and officially now a member of the media of Denver Comic Con 2018. Yay! Uh, we also have a table at Denver Comic Con. Nope, a booth. A booth, I'm sorry, yeah. a booth at Denver Comic Con in the exhibitors area. So, high traffic. Moving uh, on. It's actually the, um, <laughs> the the Real Heroes Pavilion, which I hope is in the exhibitors area. It seems like so it too. is, but yeah. It'll be great. It'll be great either way. If it isn't, we won't be there. It would it would make sense that the uh, <laughs> Real Heroes Pavilion is right next to all the celebrity signings and stuff. Oh yeah, that would make sense. So yeah, I yeah. don't know. We'll see. We will see. They have, have they okay. sent us a schematic yet? Uh, no, they've only sent the convention center schematic, so it's just a general. Mm. But I'm sure we'll get that a week before. But uh, yeah, we'll be good to go. Uh, well, the good thing is too is since we have a booth. We'll actually be able to go in early and set it up and um, be relaxed and not have to worry about. Remember that two years ago when we did go in like a day early and it was really nice and we had everything set up? Yeah, it was great. Um, But stay tuned for that. We also um, are on the line. I'm not sure exactly what panels we'll be doing, but we have been reached out to do specific panels about comics and film. Uh, I don't know what they are going to be, but you can, as soon as we know, I'll let everybody know on the podcast. Um, There will be be Twitters and, and Instagrams about it. Yeah, so Snaps. expect our coverage to be very good this year. Um, well, well. Oh, that's good. There will be hey, some. Hey, it's so good that when I was approved for the closed group for media credentialed people, I was like the third person on there. Oh, nice. So that's how much uh, they're like, oh, these guys do do a good job covering they, our They event. appreciate us. And, and this year we promise we'll only lose one-eighth of the interviews. Oh. <sighs> That we normally do. Well, I still have them. I sent you the George's John T one. You still haven't posted it. I still have a bunch. I know. I'm referring to other well, years. Yeah. That was different. Well, Last year was sad. I have a bunch of panels. I guess I can send those to you again. Um, I don't know. I was going through my 
emails and I was going to delete a bunch. I'm like, oh, there's those. Yeah, I'm letting my Van Damme interview breathe before I put the jaunty up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really good. Let, 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 it, let it cultivate some mass. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's only been like eight weeks, so yeah. Um, <laughs> every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. Uh, this week we saw A Quiet Place. Stay tuned to the end of the episode where we'll tell you if you should see it, play the trailer, and then spoil the movie. And uh, we also uh, talk about movies we've been seeing, movie news, movies coming out on Blu-ray. And by the way, I'm Ryan. Oh, hi, I'm James. Brad. Zach. And we are the Real Nerds Podcast. You know, every every time I uh, listen to our new episode, I get more and more proud of the accomplishments we've done. Because how many episodes, how many uh, articles, how many interviews. Um, we have created like our own yeah. like server probably for uh, Stitcher. So, yeah. And Apple. It's a lot of shit. It is. We put a little bit of our soul in every one. We have. Which is why we're all soulless. I know I am. Actually, yeah. I'll tell you a funny story. I was driving here today, and you know, because I was on time today, I was coming yeah. up Arapahoe, and I thought I saw Brad because it was a gray Jeep, and I didn't because I was like, "Fuck you!" and I was like flipping this person off, and this lady drove <laughs> by like, <laughs> "No, you didn't!" I did. Oh my! Goodness. She did not turn on to uh, the street you live on, James. So I was gonna I say, was it felt, my mom? No, <laughs> uh, I felt horrible. <laughs> So she wasn't doing anything wrong. You're just no, thinking no, it was, was me. I thought yeah. she was like, I was like, fuck you, Brad. That's terrible. But the <laughs> that turn, poor lady. The turn signal never came on. She you just ruined her she day. She just passed by. and was like, well. She found out she has cancer today, and now she's not going to try to fight it. Yeah, you just filled her with even more self-doubt. <laughs> Sheesh. She's driving going home thinking like, she's this like, is the final straw. Mark? I don't know that cone-shaped library over there. <laughs> <laughs> she just caught her husband cheating on her, and she's going to kill herself now. Yeah. Oh, man. Tough day. This is the effect you have on the world. Tough day. She did. She's like, I just caught my husband sleeping with somebody else. And if some fucker flips me up on the way home, on, that's it. <laughs> fuck you. I just don't you. believe in love fuck anymore. You. I feel like such an asshole. It's like a done deal. It's like a scene out of Weatherman or something. <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, oh. And then she got hit with a strawberry milkshake. <laughs> bad Ryan. Bad Ryan. I felt like terrible. the biggest asshole. Yeah. yeah. Just because, like, her face alone, like, in utter <laughs> shock and, like, what? I don't <laughs> what get I this. Do? What do I do? And it's terrible that you were close enough that you could see her face. Well, because I... So, is that your... I would love to see what... I was turning you... left, and this gray Jeep was coming up. I'm like, oh, yeah. it has to be Brad. And so, it's like, fuck you! And the turn signal never came on. The lady <laughs> just drove by and looked at me like, Why? Why, why, why? You know, we podcast for about two hours or so, so when you go back out to your car... <laughs> I know, I'll probably be... Well, <laughs> slash tires. Well, no, watch my kid. I'll go out first. <laughs> I only think that had to happen to him because his dad's an asshole. Hello, Hello Ryan. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh, you guys should pick up the new Spider-Man. Oh, wait, you can't. It's sold out. But it's really good. The movie? No, it's uh, the comic with the debut of the Red Goblin. Ooh, what's it going on? Uh, Norman Osborn bonded with the Carnage symbiote, so oh, now no. he's Green Goblin slash Red Goblin. Which huh. it, th- what makes it cool is though. So uh, backing up three years is at the end of Superior Spider-Man when Peter Parker came back, he made these little uh, nanobots that he infected Norman Osborn with. It stripped him of his Green Goblin power. Gotcha. So he's so like over the last two years, he's been going all over the world trying to find a way to get it back. Yeah, and then he realized he could use the carnage to infuse in his blood and he like so two uh, 
issues ago he like threw up all the little nanobots and now he's crazy and um cool stronger so is he Pretty like a, he's he's basically like a a a venom carnage green goblin well, i know but like does no, he actually no, have carnage does he actually have like the symbiote powers where he can like shoot teeth from his fists or whatever uh he throws these uh pumpkin bombs that are like heat-seeking missiles, though, that laugh and talk to Spider-Man. It's pretty How cool. How long are the bombs' tongues? They don't have tongues. Wow. I, I really only care about Spider-Man villains with really long tongues. Okay. Well, good news. In October, you'll see one. Oh, good. <laughs> no, the character design is actually pretty cool. He looks like the Green Goblin that like spikes on him, but he has like smoke coming out of his mouth, and... He looks good. How Sounds have we not talked about how long Tom Hardy's tongue is yet? Do we know. think it's long? There was like this article on uh, comicbook.com. Sure. And it's, there. I don't know, one of them. And it said, Venom revealed from the movie. And it was like a Dr. Pepper bottle. And it literally looked like Venom from the comic books. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So he's going to look like he did in the comic books. Right. Wow. Stretch. <laughs> Anywho. Brad, what's happening around town? Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. The Midnight at the Esquire this week is Deep Red, Dario Argento's Deep Red. Oh, we'll talk about that later. And I should specify that this week is the date. Uh, come on, come back. Dang it. Because the Ready Player One uh, 13th uh, or the... episode went up today, and it's talking about a midnight a week ago. Oh, gotcha. It's the 13th, Gosh, 14th, darn it. right? Uh, Friday, 13th, the 13th. Friday, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. 13th and 14th. Yeah. So yeah. The that's the weekend I'm talking about. What's the next one after that? And then uh, April 20th and 21st is the Maltese Falcon. Oh, okay. so Ooh. Getting a little that's ahead a of it movie. there. That'd be cool. Or I could stay home and watch it. But then I don't have an audience. Sometimes that's worth it. So go out. <laughs> go out and see some movies. Yeah. Well, you get Well, you can get some sweet popcorn, though, there. Definitely support True. Landmark Theaters because of the news later. Support um, Humphrey Bogart being blown up at a huge screen, please. And then the uh, 88 Drive-In this weekend is Sherlock Gnomes, A Quiet Place, and Annihilation. So, so Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a treat for my kid that he's... Sure. What, what? do you want? <laughs> he's. He, I forgot to tell you, all the way here, he's said, um, I need a treat, and Uncle James will get it for me. I don't know. We ain't whatever. <laughs> Granola bar, oh, oh, pie, okay. or no, you can beat sugar. I don't care. Oh, okay, great. How do you feel about coconut? Okay. He's for it. <laughs> Here. Can you say thank you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, James. I did bring him his own bottle of water, but okay. I don't. I don't think. Wait, are they the small ones? They are. He doesn't like that one, so if he wants one of yours what? later, oh okay. uh, no, mine he is likes the small mine is normal size. I was gonna say because Uncle James went and made a run to the grocery store just to get small water bottles for him. <laughs> so <laughs> you know he was cracking me up the whole way here. He's like, um, I think Uncle James is gonna get me a treat and probably some water. Said <laughs> it so matter of factly, like he just Aww. knows. <laughs> yeah, just just tell your mom I buy bottles of water just for oh, you. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brad. What was going on? Who? What? What? What was happening? And that's what's going on around town. Oh, good. So you basically, get, oh, you'll be in the. I could be in a blunt sandwich. <laughs> no, it's like well, no, a little I, heavy on the bottom and light on the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that woman. I'll talk about her later. 
Lunt sandwich? So, because it goes Sherlock Gnomes and then A Quiet, a quiet oh, Place. Oh, and right. then I'll be there watching it, so I'll be like in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah, you will be. Yeah. I mean, you can just leave for Annihilation, and then it'll be only Emily Blunt. Yeah, I haven't seen Annihilation yet, though. I kind of want to. Oh. Oh, you should, yeah. You yeah, should right. see that more than Sherlock Gnomes. Probably. I know. I, I do. Definitely don't take the kid to Sherlock Gnomes and then stay for Annihilation. Well, th- Definitely don't do that. <laughs> well, there's a quiet place in the middle, so... Oh, definitely don't take the kid to a quiet place. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be leaving after that first show. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Movie news. It's real news. Okay, do you guys want to do fun trailers first or newsy things first? Trailers. Okay, cool. You're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. Whoa. <laughs> L3! Let's go with a mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. You might want to buckle up, baby. Here they come! Let me give you some advice. We assume everyone will betray you, and you will never be disappointed. I got a really good feeling about this. Since when do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Push it. So glad we took this job. Yo, dog! Did you see that Star Wars trailer? <laughs> oh, dope! How old is how old is Chewbacca? Hundred something years old. Hundred ninety years old. It looks really good. I think it's great. I think that trailer looks gr- like my faith in that movie after all of its rocky production is back. Well, if you read the interview with uh, the who they bring in to fix Rogue One, uh, Ron Howard. Oh no! no. Um, oh, oh, Terry, Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy. Yeah. He talked about how bad that one was, and yeah. I think that's a pretty fun movie. So yeah. Yeah, that one's fine. As long as this one is at least fine or even great, that would be good. I'm in. Looks um, fun. Yeah, I think the trailer's good. Um, in even weirder, crazier news, we got a trailer for the man who killed Don Quixote. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like 
like a foreign trailer, so it's all in in subtitles and stuff. But he's, he's got to die. But That's the someone, only way that this movie comes out. There's enough footage that they edited together a trailer. Um, so clearly, hell is frozen over. <laughs> Kelly, can you say we are in the end times? End times. There we go. Yeah. We go. Yeah, it's official. A a trailer for Don Quixote is. This is What? Well, Good question, uh, Kellen. <laughs> See, there's a long history of people yeah, abusing right. Terry Gilliam. For more, for more information, watch the La- Lost in La Mancha. I would actually say. I think this trailer looks pretty good. It looks fun. For a guy who hasn't really cared anything about Terry Gilliam movies for 10 years, um, I think this one looks great. And it's what's interesting is like even if you're not a Gilliam fan, and even if you don't plan on seeing the film, it's it's interesting to know that he's finally got a finished version of it. Yeah. Um, and so, watching the trailer, a lot of the stuff that he had in Lost in La Mancha and tried to build is clearly still there. So yeah. clearly that vision carried over it's just the actors that changed yeah it's pretty um, crazy. i mean it looks fine i like adam driver a lot so i'm glad he's in it too and, yeah i think it's um, a solid trailer the yeah. the unfortunate thing is that no one will ever get to see the movie yeah <laughs> so because, Gary, so gilliam's still alive guys sorry <laughs> so he uh he is also getting sued basically there's a guy when he was trying to get the movie made there was a guy that he went to and he was like hey will you give me a bunch of money so that i can make this movie and the guy said yes and then Terry Gilliam left and never got the money, so he went and got somebody else to give it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that guy is saying that he owns the rights to the film and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Even though he obviously never gave any money away. Um, it is it is one of those things where all that's probably going to, ha- like, actually be in danger is that the movie may not show it can. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I don't care. This is a movie that, like, I, 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 just needs it, to exist so we can stop talking about it. As I said, I don't care what kind of leaves are on the poster. I care about actually seeing the goddamn miracle from God. Right. <laughs> um, you know, because like, he's not the only director who's tried to do this story. And this is, like, fucking nuts that we've actually got solid footage that is cohesive and complete. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean. Yeah. Good, good on Gilliam for finally getting that dream come true. But again, guys, just saying, by the end of the year, Gilliam will be dead because that's how karma balances out. It, yeah, there's no way he survives this. Yeah. No. Um, movie Pass bought Movie Phone. Um, movie Phone still exists. <laughs> yep. Well, but, yeah, they're like a news site now. <laughs> yeah. Select the movie you want to see. <laughs> well, weren't they? You have selected. Pirates of the Caribbean. No, they were they were like a movieticketscom where you could buy movie tickets. Weren't you they? have yeah. selected yeah, yeah, twenty-seven yeah. dresses. No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm almost positive you did. <laughs> yeah, so it was just another way for people to buy movie tickets and such. Um, so who knows? They also lifted. They had they had banned like some theaters in New York and Boston and some places that they they are no longer banning. I don't understand how they have money to buy people. Period. Like it's ridiculous. I I I literally when I read this I thought like is there some weird apocalyptic movie future that I I, I don't, don't see coming? I know I don't understand because <laughs> it's something that I should probably get. Right. But at the same time I I keep on waiting. I'm gonna buy like the year and then after two months it's not gonna happen. Right. Because I keep on there's an article in the Hollywood Reporter talking about this. Can I watch it? Can I watch Robo Sure. Um. <laughs> and it's like. Uh, the article on Hollywood Reporter says is um, does does movie pass care about making money or just subscribers? Right. Because what are they trying to do? I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't know. understand it either. And you know the reason why I still haven't signed up for it is the whole proximity thing, where 
it doesn't actually fit with the way I buy tickets. You know, like I I buy my tickets in advance to get my seats, and I buy them days in advance. I don't buy them as I'm walking up to the theater, which makes Movie Pass not super valuable to me unless if if it were me five years ago when i had a lot more time then i probably would do it because then it'd be like oh okay it's a it's a tuesday evening i'm not doing anything let me i'm gonna run to the movie and to the theater and watch you know paul or whatever and and it's just yeah. on a whim but at least for us doing the show and me seeing a movie every week like i don't buy my tickets that way mm-hmm. yeah you know? and, and too i mean are you gonna be able to use your movie pass to see avengers I mean, theoretically, I'm supposed to be able to, but I can only use it for me. And yeah. so, like, so he, there, there it is, right? So I sent out a text this last week trying to figure out who all I'm buying tickets for. Usually an event like this, I just, when tickets go on sale, like, I'll wait. And then when, when uh, the Alamo puts their, t- their, their last theaters up, I look at them really quickly and I will buy... 16 tickets to one theater mm-hmm. and then I just hand them out to whoever I know needs to go. Well, in this case, well, movie pass won't, I mean, I could buy those 16 tickets and then like show up that day and try to buy one more, but it wouldn't be in the same row. It wouldn't be, yeah. you know, like it, it's going to sell out. It's not going to mm-hmm. happen. But on a normal, like for example, this week I went and saw a quiet place. Didn't know when I was going until, um, when did I go? When did I see a quiet place? Mm. Oh, Friday night. I went Friday night. So, but didn't really know until earlier that day. I usually could have just waited and me and the three friends I went with, we could have bought tickets when we got to the theater and not gotten as nice of seats. I could have, but I mean, you know, it's just not the way I like to do it. So I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I like buying my ticket at the box office or on my app. Yeah. I'm fine with it. If if they get to a place where I can buy the ticket on my app ahead of schedule, then totally different. But I think the problem is they want to make sure that you actually are going to go to the movie rather than I'm going to sit here and buy a ticket every day and maybe I go, maybe I don't, whatever. I'm just going to buy tickets. Because <laughs> otherwise, you know what I could do with Movie Pass? I could sit there. I could buy a movie a day for the next 50 days, uh, get my top brass you know, locked in at the Alamo, and then never go to any of those movies. Like... You know, shoot, I did that a couple of years ago when I was really close to Top Brass, where I like I bought a Star Wars ticket to, to Force Awakens just to make sure I broke fifty for the year um, because I was I was so close, and then I had no intentions of going. I just wanted the movie ticket, right. um, you know. So I don't know how you solve that problem. Like, you know, um, it'd have to be something where it's like, hey, we're gonna locate. Here's how you do it: you do a location ping where you have to check in at the movie, like with your phone. To at, like at the time of the screening to actually get the credit back, otherwise they're going to charge you, yeah. you know, the movie ticket for that month. That would make sense and be way easier for me. But they, I don't think they care. Anyway, know. moving After on. Hearing about Brad's experience, I just don't want to. Oh yeah, that. I mean the fact that like Brad tried to sign up for it and then just sort of stopped. Like yeah. Oh well, yeah, they punish you for um, not even getting your card. Right, like <laughs> you never got the card. They wouldn't refund it. It took you forever to get it refunded. It was stupid. Uh, okay, moving on. Um, some, in my opinion, actually good news about that crazy expensive uh, Amazon Lord of the Rings show. Um, so they're apparent. Amazon is apparently committing to five <laughs> seasons of the show, a billion dollar budget. They have Peter Jackson on board to some extent, at least to be involved. And it's not just them remaking Lord of the Rings. It's actually them going and playing in that universe 
to some extent and telling other stories in that universe. I think you have to. So it would it would exist alongside the films that exist. Yeah, I mean, when it first got announced, I was very concerned that it was basically them saying like, oh, we're going to do Lord of the Rings, but the whole, like, instead of three movies, it will be eight seasons long and we're going to spend two episodes with Tom Bombadil. Like, yeah. there's a version there because there's so much content there, you could do that. Mm. Um, do we need Tom Bombadil? No, we don't. No. But he might show up in he's, the show now. He's fine in the books, but yeah. I don't think I well, need him. Well, is he? He's, he's, an, he's an interesting imp. He's <laughs> He is a remnant of when that, when... Of when Lord of the Rings was more like The Hobbit, and every 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 chapter was just like a funny little story before it plunges into fucking darkness. And yeah. Wait a minute, minute. Um. Anyway, I'm actually kind of excited about this now. I I want them I'll to spend it. a bunch yeah. of money on that. Like, oh yeah, totally down. I think that's cool. I mean, when you're Amazon, I mean, you have so much money. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Right. Yeah. I mean, what's a billion dollars to Amazon? Apparently, not much. <laughs> no, they don't care. Because this uh, isn't the only a billion dollar show they're going to be making either. Oh yeah, because the other one we talked about last week. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Christina Hudson, who is the woman who is writing the spinoff, the Transformers spinoff Bumblebee, mm-hmm. uh, has been tasked to pick up and get moving the Batgirl movie again. Uh, so we might still get a Bat- Batgirl movie. I think you still will. It um, probably means that we all should hope that the Bumblebee movie is better than <laughs> the last couple is Transformers that out this year. I think so. Christmas, yeah. Man, shouldn't we get a trailer? Still I, a long ways away. I, I don't know. We we there's something that we haven't gotten a trailer for that we should have one for by now. Yeah, not solo, but something else. Um. Anyway, uh, hopefully, hopefully that's good. I want to see a Batgirl movie. Me too. More than I want to see anything else in that universe. Oh, Aquaman. That's what I was we, thinking. Of, would it be connected to all the other DC stuff? Yeah, I guess you'd have to. You know, the thing with Batgirl is, I love the character Barbara Gordon. I really do. I was thinking because someone asked me on Facebook like what her enemies are, and I was going, "Wow, uh, homework." And, um, <laughs> no, no, it's like, all Batman, just enemies? Batman enemies. Because yeah. she, I mean, she has a few of her, on her own, but it's basically Batman enemies. So you'd have to write one with I don't know, like maybe like Firefly or something, maybe yeah. like a lesser known, but still make it scary. I don't know. Because I don't, I don't want to see the Killing Joke. I don't want to see. Oh, don't do that! No, know, no, no, no! You got to do. You got to do the the Burnside Batgirl. I want to see the, bat, new, yeah, I want to see like the Burnside Batgirl, yeah. where she's in college, a computer right. kind of science. That's why I'm saying, and, like, yeah, she's got to her 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 problems have to be like she's got to be Spider Man, but in college, right? Yeah. It's got to be like I got to do homework. Uh oh, there's boys. Uh oh, the nice boy turned out to be a jerk. Uh oh, the nice boy turned out to be the super villain, the Firefly. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> you know. Um, and she goes to pick up that boy for like a dance, and when they opens a door, she's like, <gasps> "The boy's mom is actually Firefly." Yes, <laughs> I'm just saying this sounds great. And then like there's a line, it's like, "I'll kill you and everybody you love." Oh man, Pat Girl Senior Social. <laughs> uh, this next piece of news is is gonna borderline on maybe spoilers for the episode, but. Um, I know when I went to see A Quiet Place and the Platinum Dunes logo came up, I audibly gasped and went, wait, what? Uh, After I had told you this two weeks ago. I don't listen when you talk and you know it. Um, so uh, apparently uh, Platinum Dunes, pretty happy with what's going on, doesn't want to remake old shitty horror movies anymore, and wants to go focus on basically being, I mean, I read this and I just go like, oh, yeah, they're looking over at Bloomhouse and going, how do we get to be that? Like... 
and part of it is I haven't seen the Platinum Dunes logo in so long. Like I had to sit there and think, like, man, when's the last time? Because I don't I see those movies. It's yeah, been, it's been at the very least since um, Freddy or Friday Friday Oh Nine. Well, no, because they did the Freddy one too, so that's ten. Don't they put it in front of like Transformers last night and stuff? No, they don't. No, because no. Plat- it's a separate yeah Michael Bay thingy. Yeah, um, but um, I mean. Uh, to be fair, the also the movies they're remaking aren't bad. It's the movies? remakes themselves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, are the Purge movies? Is that what you just said? No, no the Ninja Those Turtles Out of the Shadows two years ago. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. They are. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Okay. Because I so, guess yeah, their it's original out of the mantra was properties and rebooting them. Right. And now Which, it's when they started ten years ago was was really a viable it, market. It, right. Yeah. There was a lot to that. Now you look. You. I mean, you look at Bloomhouse. I mean, that guy is is actively changing the industry in a really good way. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's, and it's just, I mean, it just proves, I mean, a quiet place made over $50 million yeah. this weekend. It's because if you tell a horror film that's unique, people will go see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just make a, well, or make a, maybe it's a good movie. Who yeah. knows? Just make a good um, movie. I mean, I mean, shit, I will also say like, so I don't know if you guys got this, but I got a trailer for upgrade in front of my, a quiet place, yeah. which is the, which is a bloom house pictures. And that is a, terrible fucking idea for a film mm-hmm. made into a dope ass looking movie mm-hmm. like i'm watching this thing in every line of dialogue every idea that Reminds they are shoot them up yeah oh worse like the ideas seem like they were written by a 12 year old and yet that movie looks amazing like fun amazing mm-hmm. you know you're gonna turn your brain off and have a good time but still you're by the critters of saw i i just cannot it's it's incredible. Like the, I like Lee one also. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm happy to go see it and give it my money. Yeah, um, it's just interesting. Um, but if Platinum Dunes is trying to be like Blumhouse, the one thing I don't want to see is Academy Award nominee Michael Bay for Best Producer. I for- totally <laughs> want to see that. Michael Bay deserves an Oscar. Um, that guy is extremely important in film. I want to see it for his own movies. Like go well, do something sure. cool, like Pain and Gain. Pain That's and Gain should never, have won an Oscar. That is never <laughs> going to happen. His movies get nominated for Oscars all the time. For visual effects. <laughs> FX uh, ordered a pilot for Why the Last Man, um, which is like 15 um, years in the making. Like, But nobody's ever actually made a pilot. So be interesting. We, we shall see. I, I actually, I think that lends itself pretty well to a TV series. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's made it makes so much sense. Yeah. But also, like, the pain of people trying to make Why the Last Man over the last 15 years is why uh, yeah. Brian K. Vaughn basically stepped out of TV and was like, I want nothing to do with you. I'm going to write the craziest fucking book that no one will ever try to adapt because I'm tired of this shit. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, um, I'm down. I would certainly, as they get closer, I would certainly like to hear that they are getting him involved in some manner. Uh, I don't want him to run the room the way that, that Kirkman does on, on Walking Dead because I think that's detrimental to the show. But um, we shall see. Anyway. Um... Black Panther is now more profitable than Titanic domestically. So that heart didn't go on after all. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Yeah. Uh, Brad, can you explain to me Captain Pike being cast in Star Trek Discovery? Um, what universe does Discovery take place in? Did you watch the series, the season no. finale? No, I didn't. Well, that would explain it. <laughs> <laughs> so... So CBL Cell Access has got you in its grasp once more. <laughs> is it a reveal at the end of that season that the whole season is taking place in the original timeline? Yes. Okay. The last shot of the season is the Enterprise 
like crosses in front of the discovery and okay. they're like oh look it's the enterprise okay and but it's it like ends. the it's the og enterprise i'm guessing it's the enterprise with pike before kirk came on board okay gotcha yeah which historically has been one mission right. but i'm guessing they're going to retcon that and give him many missions before kirk sure yeah which would be fine I, that would make i mean but you could get away with that by having it be the Kelvin universe and just have it be Pike. But I guess in the Kelvin universe, he is never the captain of the Enterprise. No. Yeah. So, yeah. No, he is in the first movie. He, he is until oh, he isn't right. yes. halfway through the first film. Yeah. Yes. And that is the takeoff. Uh, that is like the beginning of the Enterprise. In yeah, the movie. because then he gets kidnapped by um, mm-hmm. uh, Banna and then Spock takes over and then Kirk takes over. Because friendship. Uh, right. Right. Agreed. Which is great, because I love that movie. But. Okay. I just... Okay. The bigger thing here has has nothing to do with... I, I think it's cool that they would bring Pike in. I just don't understand what timeline it takes place in anymore. Doesn't matter. Um, I guess so. Doesn't yeah. matter anymore. Yeah. But I... It's so All the rules are out the door with Star Trek. But just no, no, no. Just go no, no. with it. I have... I, before this thing, this was not the X Men universe. This was there's two timelines. There is a clear a clear breaking point. It's okay. We're all gonna be okay. And now that is no longer true. Now I'm like, okay, wait. This is like the this is this 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 is the like Wolverine origins of well maybe it's, it's the so Enterprise whatever. isn't ready to go on a mission yet. It's just being tested and and Pike is like, oh, this is me doing test test flights and then he gets into missions that way he may just be one episode too yeah. like <laughs> captain's log this is like, me yeah. doing test yeah. stuff because <laughs> <laughs> the danger would be like if you if you introduce that ship and then the show becomes about the enterprise and then you're like oh yeah you know no um, they probably just have to team up for one episode for yeah. some reason well i guess it's highly serialized so it'll probably come back through yeah two or three more times it's a really good way to get people like me to probably push through that first five or six episodes and watch the whole season which i should really do it's the whatever's more profitable timeline (laughs) (laughs) as soon as if the tarantino movie gets made and then the wimp uh timeline whatever is more profitable oh (laughs) that's really good i was gonna say it was the market research timeline, but wimp is better (laughs) they'll do if the tarantino movie gets made they'll do like some agents of shield style shitty tie-ins where it's like, oh, we're at that museum in the background of that one action scene. That happened on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was stupid. Hmm. Anyway. Um, Going back to Black Panther real quick, though, I'd like to put out a, um, I don't know, a, a plea to Black Panther fans. who uh, it, it's, 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 an, it's, it's an achievement that it has become the highest grossing comic book movie of all time. Yeah. But there's always going to be that contingent of like, well, adjusted for inflation... It's still not sure. Um, so r- currently, it's at six sixty-five million, and Marvel's Avengers is adjusted for inflation at seven hundred five. So, if for the next couple of weeks, you know, it's still making like ten million a weekend. So, so what you're saying is we need to go make that movie some more money. Yep. So that it can, without any caveat, no asterisk included, be the highest grossing. Exactly. So if okay, you're listening. I, I want to go see it again. Go see it again. Yeah. And and you can crush those naysayers who are yeah always gonna pull that card on you right i hate That's it when true. they pull cards yeah what's titanic adjusted for inflation 
Titanic is way up there. Okay, with, yeah, I thought it's so. It's the fifth at one point two billion. But adjusted for how the 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 passion for that film has waned, I think. Uh, and it, it probably also Black includes Panther like three releases, but. Oh, I'm sure. It, I'm sure yeah. that it does. You're like breaking every I'm inner fifteen-year-old girl's heart. I'm just <laughs> trying to figure out how to make sure. It's just insane. It's just insane. Yeah. It's a movie about a sinking boat. That movie is fine. Course, yeah. I've seen it multiple times. It's fine. And of course, it, nobody it, will probably I ever mean, get up we, to we, the one point eight billion. We all know it's problematic wind. because that diamond could have cured cancer, and she just threw it into the fucking ocean. Right. Oh yeah. No, Gone with the Wind will always be. Like, because yeah. the inflation just makes it just insane. It's mm-hmm. insurmountable. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's, and it's also kind of unfair because they kept rolling it out for roadshow after roadshow after roadshow. Oh yeah, before no. there was ever such a thing as let's not show it in theaters anymore. It came out right. in 1939, and the second highest grosser is Star Wars in 1977. So yeah, the ticket price jumped from then. <laughs> yeah, is yeah quite a bit. Probably never get broken. Um. Cool. Uh, only last thing I've got uh, is that HBO is going to make a documentary series out of the book uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, um, which I was going to talk about this week anyway because I've been listening to the book on tape. Um, and It's Michelle McNamara's Manac- Manac- book. Right, yeah. So Patton Oswalt's wife, the book she was writing before she passed away, they have finished it, sort of. It's actually really interesting. I'll talk about it a little later. Um, and HBO is going to make it into a... Uh, into a documentary series, which is cool. I think yeah. it's really good. Nice. So, I I I would watch that probably. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, is there other news, Brad? You mentioned a thing about Landmark. What was the thing about Landmark? Yeah, uh, Landmark is going up for sale, and please, please, somebody who cares about movies buy that. It's currently owned right now by Cruz Wagner. Okay. Um, but uh, after hearing what's going on with the Denver Post, I'm just like, please, please, somebody who cares about movies buy <laughs> Landmark theaters. Yeah. Um, uh, going on and not some post, stupid capital group, hedge fund group. Uh, it's a newspaper. Yeah, it's a highly profitable newspaper, but they keep like reducing the work staff. Mm. Like they cut twenty people, and they've only got a hundred people anyway. Have you, that do you like it on Facebook? They yeah. let you read like three articles a month, now and then they lock you out of it, saying you have to subscribe digitally or you can't read this anymore. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're hedge fund owners. They don't care. They're just like squeezing as all the profits out of it. Yeah, and making you only be able to read three articles a month. Hmm. There's no money in news, and yeah, and, and then they the make news. errors like post the <laughs> the wrong baseball field <laughs> yeah. for opening day in their paper. Wait, they did what? <laughs> they posted the Philadelphia Phillies like the Coors Field opening day like sports section. Oh, and like and it was the picture of the Phillies field. <laughs> yeah. They're on fire because they don't oh. have enough people to proof the papers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, where's Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks when I need them? Seriously. Uh, in the past, where well, he's selling money. Well, we'll also need Bob Odenkirk to come in there yes. and make sure he's got a source. Yeah, who would we want to buy it, though? I don't know. Alamo. <laughs> yeah, right. That might probably be the closest thing. Yeah. So, or, I don't know, Anna and John C. <laughs> I'd want Alamo to buy it and immediately close the Greenwood Village location and the Shea Artiste. No. And, <laughs> much like Greenwood Village? It's not great. Yeah. I, I, it, I, it could be fine yeah. if they would just actually they could fix it. Yeah, that's they, the difference. They, they, they could they actually recalibrate fix it. their sound and they got to fix their fucking seats in theater one. Yeah, they could do those things. They'll be fine. I don't see enough movies there. I guess I don't care. But right, your I popcorn know. and well, soda not, comes with your ticket. To be fair, you're not in the area, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, you're pretty far. Well, I'm not in any area, but I'll, I'll drive to Alamo. <laughs> there you go, guys. We should buy it. Yeah, we'll crowdfund. Uh, sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I, think, I think you'll succeed. We'll raise enough money to own three theaters. <laughs> uh, four. Yeah. If, you, can, close if the you count Village. the charities, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Real Nerd Theater. One ticket, please. Go away. We're watching us. You can't come in. <laughs> like the, the, the Mayan's a historical site, so like it won't be demolished, but right. it also doesn't uh, necessarily yeah. have to be a theater. The Mayan and the Esquire are institutions. They're fantastic, and they should always be there. The Chase um, Artiste is You get free popcorn mall. seasoning at the Mayan. Or is it the Esquire? Both, oh, yeah. both of those. You and I think also Shays Artiste. You don't get it at uh, Greenwood Village, oh. so shut Greenwood Village down. <laughs> I like Greenwood mm. Village. I saw the Shape of Water there. It was fine. I saw the Shape of Water there as well. It was okay. I like getting popcorn and soda with my ticket. Oh no, no, I saw that at the. Um, no, what did I see it? There was something I saw there recently, and we've again, seen it was, movies. It was there. okay. <laughs> yeah, like. But the bottom line is, don't take away the things I love. Yes. I have so little to look forward to. Oh, man. Well, anyway, that's news. And these are Blu-rays that are coming out. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Phantom Thread is out on Blu-ray this week. Uh, so I will finally watch that movie. Okay. Let me know uh, what you think. I will, I will go. I will sew the sweater if it's the last damn I'm, thing I do. Is that a line in it? I'm going to have to <laughs> I wish. venture out into the cold and find a red box and rent that film because I will not. You're a I'm, dick. <laughs> I'm not going to Jumanji this thing and buy it having not seen it. Um, I don't think it deserves that. Mm-mm. But The Rock. The Rock has my faith. So would you like Phantom Thread better if The Rock were in it? Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah, if he was the one in the dress the whole time, that'd be great. Daniel <laughs> uh, Day-Lewis, The, the Rock. <laughs> the, the Greatest Showman is out on 4K this week. Um, so, Zach, you can own that. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll own that thing that I was kind of lukewarm on. <laughs> right. Uh, Molly's Game is uh, on Blu-ray this week. I'm... I will probably just go ahead and buy that one. I'd, I'd like I didn't to get a watch it to... again, but I'm not like eager to. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, I was gone that week, and I like Sorkin. It's surprisingly brutal in places. That sounds great. Yeah, I'll watch Brutal. Mm-hmm. All the Money in the World uh, is that on Blu-ray? Starring Christopher the... Plummer. Yes, uh, he is very prominent on the cover yep. of the Blu-ray, but he does look like he was uh, CG'd onto the cover. So it's starring Christopher Plummer, Michelle Williams, and. Overpaid. I'm sorry, gotcha. Ridley Scott, but this Blu-ray cover for All the Money in the World looks like a straight-to-DVD Bruce Willis film. It looks like, like a Screen Factory horror movie. It, it, it looks like Return of the Living. Yeah, it oh, lo- it's it, just it, awful. It looks like it was put up by Sony, who's not putting enough money into the things that it would that it would. Actually, should you should look up do. Return <laughs> of the Living Dead Blu-ray, not the Screen Factory one. You should look up the other one. It looks exactly like that. Yeah, like this this thing in the bottom oh, right the, corner uh, where the lady is running towards the camera and it's all green and shit. I'm yeah, like, no, that looks literally that looks is, like trioxin. Th- the green is yeah. for money, guys. <laughs> I just don't care. Do they have the Kevin Spacey? Who cut is on there? this graphic designer? <laughs> I wish they did. I wish. I wish that if I wish that if you opened the cover, it would like a shout factory. You could swap out the cover, <laughs> so the inside is the reverse, and it's just the same thing, but with Kevin Spacey oh, on there. Terrible. Yeah, but it's a, it's like it's Kevin Spacey, but he's licking his lips really creepily. Oh. Ew. Uh. <laughs> uh, Suicide Squad: Hell to Pay is out on 4K. Uh, this is a DC animated release. It's got um, good reviews. Is it cool? Yeah. Who is this weird? Uh, dude with a crazy snake tongue. Copperhead. Oh, okay. Is he half snake? 
Um, he can be if you want him to be. Whatever you want him to be. Okay. <laughs> All he's, right. He is bitten by a radioactive rattlesnake. No. <laughs> no, I have no idea. That's crazy. I, I'm, it's DC, so I'm sure he picked up some like amulet or something. Yes, that's true. Lots of amulets. <laughs> he can't be a radioactive one because then Stan would come in and go like, "That's copyright, Spider yeah. Friend." <laughs> Captain Boomerang. I got bitten by a radioactive boomerang. <laughs> um, well, no, he threw the boomerang through a nuclear waste site. Yes. It came back and hit him. Oh, no, he escaped from jail with a boomerang and mm. on, a, on a beach somewhere. He was on the beach when a nuclear bomb was dropped, and then that fused him. <laughs> yeah. That's the original Sandman. Yep. One. Anyway, uh, my friend Dahmer is out on Blu-ray this week. I really uh, also, the original I, Sandman I comic, he was defeated because vac- uh, Spider-Man vacuumed him up. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, was it a radioactive vacuum? No. It's just, cool. it's just the Hoover salesman. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I don't even remember. Oh. I do know he used a vacuum, though. Uh, yeah, uh, my friend Dahmer. I wanted to see that, so I might I might check that out. I've heard good things. Um, yeah. Uh, Outlander Season 3 is out this week, so you can check that out. Uh, all right. Oh, no, one more thing. Uh, there's a movie called Proud Mary with, with Taraji P. Henson, where she uh, holds a gun, cool-looking. I've never heard of this movie, but if you want to see... It, it came out in January, P. Henson. and the Alamo didn't get it, so I didn't go. Taraji P. Henson, like you've never seen her before, is the tagline. So that might be worth it. Okay, cool. Is she uh, rolling on a river? No. She's not. Is she solving math equations with NASA? Well, I mean, no. that's how I know Proud Mary. Oh. It's a song mm-hmm. nope. from CCR. Never I don't mind. listen yeah, to CCR. Know, he's, he's more clever. Never mind. I don't smoke <laughs> weed. I don't listen to CCR. You don't have to. It's like John uh, Fogarty. Do you, do you have the psychopath on your list? No, I don't. It's its tagline is, Mother, may I go out to kill? <laughs> <laughs> Shoot! Oh yeah, that's a Kino release. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, there's a lot of horror uh, this week that I will get to here in just a second. Uh, the Incredible Hulk is out on 4K, so you can forget about that movie on 4K as well. Uh, I like that movie a lot. Too. It's just like the most forgotten Marvel film. Like no one it's remembers pretty, that. It's counts. pretty important though. It, it is. It builds the Avengers and it gives. Oh yeah. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross reason why he's. Uh, who he is in Civil War? Secretary I know it's crazy. He, it's it's like it's the it's the Marvel movie whose villain is still the most prominent out of everyone else. Like nobody else has stuck around that long. Um, Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke is out on Blu-ray this week. I don't know if that's the first time, but if you want to see marijuana smoke in th- in crisp HD, yeah. 1080, 4K, right? I don't digitally anywhere. Uh, if you want to hear Dave's Not Here Man and Dolby. <laughs> right. Uh, Cecil B. DeMille's Cleopatra. Uh, is that on Blu-ray from 1934? <laughs> so check no, that out. A- a- AKA Waste of Money. <laughs> and then before we get to the good stuff is uh, <laughs> uh, Push is out on 4K. That's the Chris Evans Dakota Fanning film in which they push things. Is that a Lionsgate movie? I'm Lionsgate sure puts it out the yes, weirdest movies on 4K. I think it's it, is, it is a line. No, it's Lionsgate. Um, I thought some had put it out in theaters. Nope. Oh, well, well that's maybe. Lionsgate. But oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, re- I remember not yeah. hating it in theaters. Well, no, I no, mean, like, it's Lionsgate fine. picks the most random movies to put on 4K. That is really weird. They have a bunch that's of horror titles that they won't let go of either, so that doesn't, yeah. that, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> All righty. From Troma this week is Rednecks. This movie will drive you crackers. <laughs> <sighs> Lloyd Kaufman at his best. <laughs> 
<laughs> so much fun to follow on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, this is a movie where a race car driver is a redneck, I'm sure. His... Does it mean it drives you crazy or like they drive crackers to you? <laughs> no, no, it's because or it's they're going to of... drive white it's people a racist, it's a racist joke. out of the town. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Okay. It, well, I think it's just that everybody there is a racist, like, southern redneck dude. And we're going to drive you crackers. Like, by the end of the movie, everyone will be a cracker. I think is the idea. That does sound terrifying. Yeah. Um, We's a different breed, it says. They got a 69 on the side of the door. Yeah, the car's number is 69. Yeah. Um, And there there you go. Everyone has a blue mohawk wig. The the guy with the blue mohawk wig and his teeth, he looks like a chipmunk. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Like a blue-haired chipmunk. I I don't. Anyway, that's trauma. Um, There you go. Deep Red uh, is out from Arrow this week, uh, which Brad pointed out was also being shown at the Esquire this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can check that out. That's Dario, the Dario Argento movie. 4K restoration? Does it even <laughs> uh, say? No, no. It's, I think it's just a Blu-ray. Okay. I, didn't, I, didn't, uh, I did not see a 4K Stop the presses. The uh, <laughs> trailer for Jason Statham's The Meg has just been released. Oh, no, shit. <laughs> yes. I didn't realize Jason Satham was in the Meg. Yes, so if for you don't Wait. know, it's a giant prehistoric shark. Oh, I know. And there's like a screenshot of this giant shark dwarfing whoever this is in the screenshot. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Um, well, let me, let me just finish Blu-rays and then we'll watch the trailer for the Meg. Uh, okay, um, from Shout Factory this week, the weirdest Shout Factory release I've ever seen, The Tribes of Palos Verdes, uh, which is a... Jennifer Garner film with Micah Monroe, who's amazing. Um, and I think she is having a tough life, and so she has to learn to surf. I don't know why Shout Factory is releasing this, but good for them. I think they acquire international films, and oh, then they okay. put them out. Is it a Shout Select? No, or is no it just... it's not a Shout. It does not say Shout Select on the cover. So it's least. like that uh, Brie and... Larson one last week. It's, it's, their, yes. it's, their, it's their distribution, their theatrical distribution mm. arm, or what they, their, their limited window thing. Yeah, gotcha. it's just weird that it's like it's a film where Micah Monroe learns to surf or something. Good for them. They acquire different things from time to time. Yeah. Autopsy of Jane uh, Doe hopefully, was hopefully it's great. by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's from the Malloy Brothers, I guess. I don't know. Malloy Brothers. Okay, great. Uh, okay. Uh, Full Moon is out, out this week from Shout, ugh, Shout Factory. Um, this is a ridiculous cover where a guy turns into a werewolf and a lady chases him with a knife. Um, he's today's teenage werewolf. I think it's Full Moon High. Oh, sorry, <laughs> it is. Sorry, it's Full Moon High. I totally. Well, the text is all weird. Not that I've glasses, seen it late night on TNT. My glasses aren't great right now. Like, or was um, that a USA Up All Night? It might have been a USA Up All Night. <laughs> it sounds like a USA Up All, I, up all I Night. I think the the marathon channel is irrelevant at this point. <laughs> uh, maybe where is it? I don't know. Billy Joe, Joe Bob Briggs. Maybe it was on it. I don't know. I know I've seen it. The tagline is. He's today's teenage werewolf. Only the rules have changed. I don't know what that means. I don't think they could have changed that much in the span of time. I don't remember the film. You know, I'm always tempted to get those ones on Scream Factory, but those ones tend to be like 25 bucks because they're lesser known and they don't print as many. So I always wait until they have like a 50% off sell. Sure. Because wait, just wait till the summer. I think they'll do like their Well, yeah, annual. they do. They do uh, summer screams or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. Even the plot here is really short. A teenager becomes a werewolf after vacation in Transylvania. Yep. Transylvania, where vampires come from, by the way. Or werewolves. <laughs> well, but come on. 
Transylvania is where everything weird happens, guys. Come yeah. on. This is how pop culture has established it for years. Uh, and then the very <laughs> last thing is the Crucible of Horror, uh, also known as the Corpse, probably in foreign markets. Um, it's also from Shout Factory. It's probably an Italian one. They release a lot of Italian horror. Yeah. Too. Terror ends with murder, but nightmares <laughs> begin with dot, dot, dot. Crucible of Horror. Ah! Uh, there's a castle, and the castle has a man's face and some and a scared lady, and uh, the castle has hands. The castle has what? hands. Yes, you didn't say that part. Um, wow. Yeah. Also, horror idea. The castle has hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, everything about this is just frustrating to look at. <laughs> <laughs> like they they drew they drew this lady, and then they cut her body off. As part of the drawing, Ooh, but they cool. left this strand of hair in a very weird. frustrating way. Like I just, I, I don't like that looking at this. That terrifies you. That's, yeah, that's an interesting. The, the oh, crucible. Shit. The crucible of horror is their graphic design. <laughs> Sorry, I'm watching the Meg. Just like oh, kinda, okay, just... no, no, I'm gonna watch the Meg. What is it in Hollywood that makes the difference between like, hey guys, this script for the Meg, we're gonna give it a lot of money and John Turtletaub, but two-headed shark attack. That gets Brooks Hogan. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I just don't understand the process that oh, selects some and not. Oh, I'll see that. <laughs> if 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 I made y'all go see Hurricane Heist, we are seeing that. I find it interesting because um, Eli Roth was supposed to do it wh- a while ago before he went on to Death Wish. Hmm. I'm, I mean, not not that I'm thinking like one would be better. Maybe the they other, need but... a bigger budget director like John Turtletop. I mean, he did do the National Treasure movies. I mean, don't forget he also did Las Vegas. He did. Yes. He uh, taught us that Kevin Klein still knows how to love. He does. <laughs> we also see movies throughout the week in a segment we call Movies We Watched This Week. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Uh, quite a few things. Um... Better Call Saul season three is on Netflix, and that's still pretty amazing of a show. Uh, this season really uh, kind of just resolves the cliffhanger from season two. Um, it it pushes Mike towards joining uh, Gus Fring's criminal syndicate, and then uh, Saul just uh, you know deals with the fallout of his brother recording his confession, um, and then finds a way to prove that his brother's illness is bullshit <laughs> and uh all the all the ways those things come together um and there's a great sequence where um mike is being at the end of season two like mike's about to assassinate uh hector then um he hears his uh the horn from his car uh like he's in this like giant field or whatever sure he goes to check the car and then there's like a sign that says don't on his windshield and then you find out that uh gus fring's uh gang has put a tracker in his gas cap and so he reverse engineers the tracker to track them back to where they are it's it's amazing Hmm. um and they should like it goes through such detail of setting that up and I, i love how the show doesn't just spell things out for you like if you watch and pay attention, like everything makes sense. It's it's great. So, uh, and then there's another cliffhanger for season three. So, um, pretty excited to see what happens in season four. Um, I rewatched Iron Man, the very first Iron Man, because I haven't seen that in a long time. And I was thinking about like watching all the MCU stuff before Avengers. That's a big commitment. 
Yeah. I mean, at least you don't have to do it in a day. That's true. But I don't have I should at a least couple of the movies, the so. Stuff again, like. Yeah. I want to watch the oldest stuff the most, but I don't have yeah. Captain America, First Avenger, or Thor. I will lend it to you. Sweet. Um. So, yeah, and I found, like, new plot holes in it. <laughs> but I always just remember, like, the first time we saw it and your friend Brandon Hopkinson was, like, complaining oh, yeah. about the science of it. He's like, the science is so stupid. <laughs> I wonder if there are plot holes that, like, didn't exist when the movie was made, but now that they've made 20 films, like, you go back and you're like, well, wait a second, if he did this in the first film... But then six films later, this happens. Then how does that make sense that he did in the first? I bet there's stuff like that. Yeah, I, I wish I'd written it down, but I remember that feeling of like, wait a minute. Right. This is this is a thing that's not addressed. Like, it's been like retconned out. I don't know. Yeah, or there's probably things where like now you watch the first oh, one and you're like. I know what it is. Um, Obadiah Stane. Uh, first of all, it's a different. Uh, what? Not Tony's his dad. Howard. Howard, Howard Stark. Stark. Yeah. It's another actor. Yeah, I know they yeah, recast Because in that one, it was just like a picture of yeah. him, right? Like, it's not... It's, yeah, it's a different guy. So now there's like three different Howard Starks. And then, um, you know, he he built that company with Howard Stark. But all the flashbacks oh. we've seen of the current movies yeah. don't reference Obadiah Stane for any reason. So That's true. Yeah. So that's one of those things Maybe that... Maybe Obadiah was only in on the business end and not the S.H.I.E.L.D. end. It, it also probably like he yeah, now built that, Ironmonger himself, so yeah, <laughs> he's pretty good at tech stuff. But also like oh. the fact that after you know after all these films, now you probably look back and it's like, oh look how cool he is! He made a suit, and you're like, dude, you live in a world where there's like fucking the Hulk and Cap and all this other crazy shit going on, and somehow you know that story probably seems a little bit simple now. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a very unprecedented thing. Um. Yeah, and it's it's fun seeing Tony Stark being like just all swagger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, now he's like his character arc's really got good the way the shoulders the on. Yeah, yeah, not as much gloom. But like the science part, one of those things where like where he's you know Ironmonger and he comes out of the cave and they're like shooting every bullet they have at him, but he still has like no shielding on his eye holes. So I'm like, well, mm-hmm. it's a good thing he didn't get a direct shot in his eye. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, what else? Rewatch Isle of Dogs because I'm my mom wanted to see it and oh, she's cool. hasn't been to a theater in like 20 years. Did she like it? Yeah, she enjoyed it. She thought the uh, and animation was amazing. What theater did you take her to? The Esquire. Oh, okay, yeah. I was, I was I've seen it three times to the Esquire now. I was so. really hoping you were going to say the Greenwood Village Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, funny story was it was like early in the first showing in the morning, and uh, that was the closest one, and earlier. But I was like, she, you know, she left it up to me. So obviously, I'm going to go to like the arty, like old theater. Yeah. Um, but we got to that one, and they didn't have the the person opening didn't have the keys, so it was like off by ten minutes. So they started the movie later, and yeah, huh. so we had to like huh. wait an extra. Should have broke down that door. <laughs> yeah, should have thrown. Some... You know, that's the kind of qu- lovably quaint stuff you get at a landmark theater. Yep. You know, there's a guy who has to turn the keys to open the place. That's cool. I'm not being sarcastic. I know it sounds like I, I am. know, but it's just the inflection. <laughs> um, rewatched uh, 24 seasons seven and eight because I yeah I was live live another day last week. Yeah. Um, and I I, I damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen to some commentary tracks and uh, 
it's funny like some of the things that the fans complain about like they talk about doing half-assed in the commentary <laughs> um and i'm doing i'm watching season six right now and um i forgot that's the season that was the writer's strike yeah so oh. they talk about the because it because it I went away it, for a year and a half is right? the season short no it's it's the full number of but they had like to, i think to make a season of 24 it takes like nine months like yeah. it's really intensive um and so just having so much less time to write which if you watch season six i think i think universally it's everyone's like least favorite season just because um they just kind of recycle a lot of yeah which makes sense because they didn't have a lot of time to write new stuff well and you you can't do edits you know a lot of times on a show like that that's a full year show they start writing them and they they not only write them all through the the, the season but they also will go back and edit them as they're watching or as they're filming and stuff but if you yeah. don't have writers to edit it you're like well i'm gonna film what's in the script if i and remember right in 24 they write them in four episode blocks and then they would see what worked and what didn't and kind of go from i think there. so I remember vaguely something on season one or two, the special feature talk about that. Yeah, I mean, most shows don't write the whole season beforehand. Like, they kind of know yeah. where it's going. But, like, Lost, for example, where in season three they started, hey, why don't we introduce these people? Maybe people will like this. And then they, they out of nowhere, they do, exi- they do expose to kill those characters off because everybody was like, why are you spending time with these new characters? Even though, you know, in the off season, everybody's wanting new characters. So, yeah. yeah. It just makes it tough when you don't have those writers to to be agile like that. Oh, the main thing was, um, I think it was season eight because that's the one in New York. There's a special feature on uh, in the on the disc. I think the last disc. Um, the New York backgrounds are all digital. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's a couple like stock like helicopter shots, mm-hmm. but uh, they show this amazing technology of like a lot of stuff is. You know, all the characters are in L.A. in a parking lot, and then they just scrub the wow. New York skyline back there. I didn't even notice when I watch it. I know. I mean, and it, like, it like follows the camera so that that way it, it looks like you're filming there? Yeah, it's insane. Like, wow. I'll have to show it. Like, well, you have it. You can yeah, watch it. I'll but watch it. It blew my mind because it's so convincing. Like, I never would have thought that they never – and they talk about, like, it was way too expensive to – pull all the crew out there Isn't for like crazy? nine months it's more expensive to film in new york than it is to film in la and then digitally put in buildings of new york yeah and this is I like 2010 it. yeah like digital effects so right i know it's, i just think it's like so backwards like if he, if i was new york i'd be like maybe we should rethink on how we want to do this because it, it brings in tons of money i get that the yeah city... but if you gotta like shut down streets and yeah. stuff like that like it's a packed city i know i get it I mean, there's a couple shots like when jack commandeers a helicopter and then he's got like two f-16s chasing him like through the skyscrapers like obviously (laughs) they're not gonna do that in in a real thing uh but then there's there's uh, other parts where like instead of going through the hassle of like closing down a street um they can just do it in the parking lot in la like if there's a car flipping or oh i get that vans exploding i just think it's funny yeah it's just uh, remember watching the special features for king kong the peter jackson one and it took him longer to digitally recreate the empire state building than it took him to actually build it (laughs) <laughs> yeah it does it does seem like especially if there's sequences where jack bauer is running down the street or whatever like that where it's just a camera and a few dudes and well i mean it's a whole crew but still it yeah. seems like that would be cheaper to film down you know in new york but obviously no they actually not. exactly what you're describing is one of the shots he's like he's like dra- dragging a guy who's just been shot yeah um and they like ex- not only did like they took the shot of him 
walking through the parking lot or whatever, but they like extended it. So instead of being in the center, he's off to the right now. And then they filled like the upper left and top with like New York. It's crazy. Huh? Um, so they basically like shrunk the regular frame down to like a lower right corner and then built an entire new scene around. It's, wow. it's nuts. Um, so, um, and then the last thing I saw was, uh, Gemini, which is like an indie film. Uh, this sounds familiar. Yeah. It's a, the album was like teasing as like a neo noir, neon noir uh, in the vein of like drive or, um, only God forgives and stuff like that. But, um, it's really just, uh, there's a, like a movie star and her handler and the movie star, uh, is like backing out of this movie she's doing and so she pisses off a bunch of people um and she just wants to party and hang out and like kind of escape from the movie scene and so they go back to her place uh for the night um and then get drunk and then the handler wakes up next morning and her friend um like she makes her get a go get a gun and then she like leaves the gun with her and it accidentally goes off and uh like shoots through her coin collection or whatever (laughs) And then uh, she goes off to work to tell the like producers, hey, she's not going to do the movie. She comes back to the, the mansion. Her friend's dead, like laying in a pool of blood. And then she has to go through the rest of the movie. Like like after the cops show up, they interrogate her, think that she did it. And she kind of has to, like she's not, like they're not arresting her, but she's the prime suspect. And so she goes, goes through the rest of the movie trying to figure out like how to, like figure out who did it so that, you know, she can take the blame off herself. So she like, inter- like she, she uh, stalks the dead girl's ex-boyfriend, um, uh, her current girlfriend and, uh, the writer who, or the producer who was trying to get the movie made, like all the people who have motives to, mm-hmm. so, um, and ultimately it's, it's a lot of just like the main character walking around LA and just, moody lighting and <laughs> and then the, the 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 mystery uh solving the mystery is i don't know i felt it kind of unsatisfying uh it, it's clever it's different what the what the solution is but uh i don't know it just felt kind of anticlimactic so hmm. um yeah james what did you watch this week uh i caught up on a bunch of stuff actually for once um so I started the week with a whole lot of finally getting to watch the documentaries and commentaries that I've, that you guys have been talking about. Uh, so I watched Star Wars uh, and in the proper order, which means that I watched the director and the Jedi first, which was great. And then I watched Star Wars with the commentary and then I watched Star Wars. Um, and yeah, the director and the Jedi is fascinating. Um, certainly not any of what I was expecting it to be, um, but a lot of... It's kind of like just a really cool in-depth featurette where it does. It shows you a lot of like, you know, what it was like to make that film and and digging into some really interesting bits. Even like, I will say, if there was anything from that movie that I was at the end still going like, I don't know if that really worked. It was probably the milk monster from the island. Um, Or what do they call it? They call it the... uh, um, oh, the sea cows, sea cow, yeah, no, the sea cows. I thought and at one point, watch. Oh, go ahead. I thought at one part they <laughs> they said it had to be like it was over budget, so they were going to take it out, and then it still ended up in the movie. Yeah, well, the, yeah, I think they were. Or they were going to make it, it digital. Yeah, I think they were discussing whether or not to make it digital. Um, 
And it, it's one of those things where then when you see how hard they worked, then when I finally watched the movie again, I was like, that's kind of cool. Like I was kind of on board for the sea cow in a way that I hadn't been before. Um, no, I think it, I think the documentary is, is really cool. Um, and really gives you a lot of insight into what it's like to, for them to sort of make those films. And I think gives you a lot of appreciation or at least gave me a lot of appreciation for Ryan Johnson's team and their ability to make that film fit a budget. Well, um, I mean, the the sequences where they're talking about like, hey, you know, we have to trim this down or we have to figure out what things to shoot on the island and what not to. And has which the is, most sets of any like movie ever. Yeah. Uh, which we didn't talk about this in news, but that the, that movie uh, officially this week became the most profitable film of last year uh, domestically. And so like you look at that and you go like, oh, great. That guy totally deserves that job. Like he and his team and especially his his producing partner. um, like you watch the way that they work and you're like, man, you guys are actually really good at this. Uh, and it's, it's just fun to watch him more. And, you know, obviously I, I'm biased cause I love the guy, but, uh, it's also fun to just watch him on the set and, and watch him squeal and giggle and have a good time making a, a, a star Wars movie. Um, so yeah, I think that was fantastic. And then his commentary, really fascinating, a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, the weird thing about it is he, he even says he recorded it before the film came out. I would kill for a, separate commentary that he does now like that's what i want is i want to hear him go through because there are there are certain sections of the movie that obviously are more contentious now that i would love to hear him sort of talk about um but even the the stuff that is really contentious gets discussed you hear them talk between the documentary and the commentary i mean for example you know mary poppins leia like gets discussed quite a bit and he explains he's like dude uh, ha, like this has to ha- like some you, you gotta see something like you know like she deserves that moment um and i i'm also very curious whether or not the commentary is recorded before carrie fisher died as well because he doesn't discuss that at all either mm-hmm. um because that would have been one of the things i was sort of interested in is like you know how did how did that affect post-production and, and all of that so um Though I guess she no, she must have died first because she died before post was even finished. Yeah. So he mm. couldn't have recorded the commentary until after. No. He yeah. just probably wasn't discussing it. Yeah, which is fine. Um, it's just a. It is one of those interesting things that I would have loved to have learned more about. Um, and then I also rewatched Thor Ragnarok and watched it with the commentary. Um, and man, that movie is funny again. Like you can watch it and love it, and then watch it with the commentary and love it in a totally different way. Um, the whole section. With his kids coming, or with his daughter walking in, I think is amazing. <laughs> Especially because she keeps coming in and telling him to turn the movie off because it's too scary. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, probably she's three. Um, but uh, I, it's just w- worth the Blu-ray on its own just for that commentary. So uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, and then I got a chance to rewatch The Apartment this week, um, which is a movie that I, I mean, I bought it years ago and then. I have like any time that I am like meeting Brooks and we're just hanging out and watching a movie or whatever, or if we're going to the, to the cabin or whatever, I will bring like a stack of movies with me. And it's probably about 12 films every time, even though we're going to watch one of them just cause I, you know, I put a good spread yeah, in there, yeah, you know, let, it's better decide. Yeah. It's a, it's a, anything there I will watch. And so the apartment's probably been in that stack for like a year because you never know when she's going to be like, I want to watch something that's black and white. 
Um, and depressing. And we went through a phase where we were watching a lot of black and white stuff. So I'm down to the last couple of things. Right. It's like that and the hidden fortress. Like, there's not a whole <laughs> lot I got left in black and white that she hasn't seen. Do you want to watch something dour, depressing, very raw to humanity? Or do you want to watch the hidden fortress? Right. <laughs> um, Choose so, wisely, my last. <laughs> so we, uh, we finally got around to watching The Apartment. And, you know, that's a movie that I haven't seen in a couple of years. And when it was over, I thought, this is probably in my top 20 favorite films of all time. It's a good film. I think that movie is so incredible and nearly perfect. I think Jack Lemmon is hilarious and, and like, you know, just pulls your heartstrings in all the best ways. And as, as bizarre as sort of the premise is, and especially for how risque it is for 1965, I think. Um, I think it's just 1960. It might, oh, yeah, you're right. It is 1960. Yeah. yeah. Um, or maybe three. Anyway, I looked at it, but now I don't remember. Oh no, it's got it's right in front of my face. It's 1960. Yeah. Um. So like as as uh don't risque as that film is uh, for that time period, like it is so smart and and surprising in the way that like Breakfast at Tiffany's is the first time you watch it, where you think like, oh, this is sort of a romantic comedy. The apartment is certainly kind of a romantic comedy, but has this really serious bent to it that makes it way more important than than that i've i've tried to explain it to people who haven't seen it before and the best possible way i could do it was try to picture a judd apatow comedy before judd apatow existed that's not super bad or something like that like no you're right one of his knocked up 40 year old virgin or even the this is 40 yeah Um, it feels like freaks and geeks like yeah it's it is a i mean so anybody who hasn't seen it it's about a guy who works in downtown New York and has an apartment near the office that he doesn't really get to stay in very often because all of the higher ups at his company borrow the keys to his apartment so they can have sex with their mistresses in his apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and then of course he falls in love with some woman and has to figure out like, how do I balance these dudes who are banging in my apartment and all of that. And, and the woman he falls in love with is Shirley MacLaine who has her own sort of issues and things going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it is, simple and straightforward but there are so many beautiful moments and really powerful moments i mean fred mcmurray is is a very realistic asshole villain um who like seems charming like you you kind of have the relationship that that she has or women have with him where you meet him and you're like oh here's this sort of charming guy and then like oh well he's got a little sweet, dark side to sweet, him the but, sweet natured wouldn't hurt a fly yeah. and then as you see him sort of just unfurl you're like oh oh i, I get it like, yeah yeah you it's, are and he's not like the sh- he's not hitler he's just douchebag not great you know he, it, it's so weird to watch him do that role around this time because he's also doing all those disney family films where he's playing the good-natured, if not flustery guy, um, and yeah. even prior to this, like his image was never McMurray's image was never really souring or anything like that. Very few films that he would do of that, and the apartment's one of them where I'm just like, I don't like Fred McMurray at the end of this one. No, no, not by a long stretch. Yeah, um, well, and and Jack Lemmon has all these wonderful moments where he he is so the nice guy that then like he makes the wrong choice just to be like he's still being nice to Fred McMurray and you're like dude you just throw that guy under the bus <laughs> like who gives a shit like you deserve to win so anyway that is to say if you've never seen the apartment like 
Dude, you got to watch if, the apartment. Yeah, if you want to watch where Hollywood was trying to, like, everything it possibly could to keep people from watching television, this is, like, uh, how so far that they were willing to say, like, hey, let's start letting things in we weren't letting in before. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is incredible how risque that film is. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, well, how did you get away with this? Yeah. Kino Lobor um, put out a new edition recently that oh, yeah? I think you might like. Yeah. And, sure. the, and the artwork on the front is nice. So. Ooh. I may have yeah. to look at that uh, and then the very last thing is I watched the entire first season of The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is on Amazon. Um, and that show is fantastic. Uh, really lovable. Uh, basically, it tells the story of a woman named uh, Midge Maisel, who she is this, like, perfect 1950s housewife, like, just... Oh, my ri- dream woman. Ridiculously. But one of the best moments in that first episode, There's there's, like... She goes to bed with her husband, and he falls asleep. And she jumps up out of bed, runs into the bathroom, puts cold cream on her hair, on her face, pins all her hair back, and then gets back in bed. And then wakes up right before him, goes to the bathroom, wipes it all off. Does you hear her that, hair. ladies? That's what's like, missing nowadays. No, don't yes. listen to Ryan. It's exactly what's missing. But you know like, what? There's an episode of Dick Van Dyke where um, Laura goes down to the office and is you know helping him by typing because the guys don't know how to type. And she wakes up early every morning and makes him breakfast. She stays up late cooking dinners. We need more of that in society. I I, I need you to leave. Anyway. That's what's wrong uh, with the world today. So as you might. Women pre- don't know their place. As you might predict. Uh, so her husband wants to be a comedian and she's even helping him with that. And she's hilarious. Like Women aren't funny. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, she's. Hilarious, and then she finds out that her husband is cheating on her, and that he's a she's not complete funny. douche. Oh my god, I'm literally going to hit you now. Um, Wait, did you just rewatch Mad Men? No, no, this is <laughs> no. Uh, and after she finds out that he's cheating on her, she <laughs> drinks a whole bottle of wine and wanders down to the the sort of comedy cellar stand-in that sh- that she's that he was going to. And she gets up there and she starts talking, and of course everybody's like, "Wait, you're actually funny! Like your husband's not funny at all, but you're hilarious." And so it sort of follows her as she um, befriends some people in comedy. Um, uh, oh gosh, who who is the guy? Who's the, uh, now the name has escaped my my brain. Dick um, Van Dyke. No, uh, Lenny Bruce. Um, one of the one of the characters in the show is Lenny Bruce, uh, so she ends up being friends with him, and and it's just sort of. It plays with that all probably of... won't end well. <laughs> no, it's great because Lenny Bruce is amazing. Um, but the uh, <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, be like, let's think about what you just said. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like it is. It's playing with all of those same like sort of 1950s sort of expectations because she's both being a mother and then trying to figure out like, okay, how she's really using the comedy to work through all of the change in her life and what that means and. And all of that, and I, I think it it does a really good job of handling those characters. Yeah, I heard good things about it. Yeah, um, the the lead character is hilarious and lovable, and it's it is well worth you checking out. Um, so yeah, anyway, that I watched the whole season in a week. Nice, because it's great. Zach, um, watched a couple things this week. Um, First up, documentary. Um, actually, I will get that one out of the way. Um, <laughs> um, I saw a, Thanks, Ryan. I saw a short PBS documentary called uh, The Rise and Fall of the Brown Buffalo, which is about Oscar um, Oscar Zeta Costa, who was the uh, 
the lead Chicano lawyer during the Chicano movement in the uh, the late sixties and early seventies. Um, he's also like primarily known as the inspiration for the Doctor Doctor Gonzo character in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Great, Zach. Um, I'm gonna let you finish, but real quick, I'm gonna watch this Meg trailer one more time. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's okay. So, um, Zach, serious? Do you just like? Type documentary in Prime or Netflix and just watch whatever pops up. There's a hidden channel for PBS on Prime. And no, has, I know there is. So yeah. That's why I'm asking. There I, was a there I, was a sketch on the Joel McHale show a couple of weeks ago where you can yeah the, where 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 it was basically just a a channel on Netflix that you could subscribe to that would just give you <laughs> really pretentious movies that don't exist that you could bring up at parties. <laughs> Are you subscribed to that? Yeah. I wish. That that's what it awesome. sounds like. Um, no, but um, actually, this one I didn't know it was it existed until an article. Of course, you did. You just typed in documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had though, because I do like I I'm a I'm a Hunter S. Thompson fan, like or at least a reader of his. Like I've my opinion of him and his work has differed over the years because it you get older and you realize the world can't always work the way it does on mescaline. I guess I don't know. I've never done it, but Hunter I, did it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a fan of his. Um, at all. So, but um, doing it. Uh, I thought the Rum Diary was a great film. <laughs> that's that's an unfair example. And also, that's a movie. In Las it's, Vegas that, is garbage too. I I see. I disagree with that, but I won't talk about all that because that's a whole other argument in of itself. Well, at least he went out with a bang. You'd <laughs> <laughs> actually probably think that was pretty funny. Uh, um, no, um, but this documentary was interesting because, like, the Doctor Gonzo character that he inhabited. <laughs> was not really like all he was about like there was a lot of things he was trying to do for the hispanic community and especially in the san francisco area at the time um his disappearance is interesting because it he just kind of went off somewhere into like down in mexico and just no one ever heard from him again um and and that's the 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 interesting part of it is is that he was juarez that's that's not where it was but it's i know um but so it's interesting to. S- oh, have you seen it this week? No, I oh, haven't. Oh my gosh, it's brilliant! Sorry, we're, we're, we're I'll, talking. I'll, I'll talk about it when what we've been watching. <laughs> I, I forgot. That I watch it every week, and yeah. I uh, oh, yeah. I haven't it's, talked about it at all. It's yet. brilliant this week. Sorry, Zach. Keep going. I'm sure. Yeah, we're, more I'm about, sure we're about your documentary about Gonzo, dude. <laughs> did Did he ever um, find a Muppet? chicken to love? <laughs> yes. That's where I was going. <laughs> so anyway, it's a 53-minute documentary executive produced by Benicio Del Toro, who played Dr. Gonzo in Fear and Loathing Las Vegas. So it's kind of interesting. Um, I would check it out. So it's, my Sicario reference was spot on. He's great in go. Star Wars. <laughs> he is. He's great in a lot of movies. Traffic. You ever seen Traffic? No. Did you know that he improvised like his maybe line? Yes. <laughs> I did know that. You didn't like Benicio in Traffic? It's fine. Traffic's he's not great. that good. He's, but he's great in it. It's Yeah, sure. The rest of the movie's okay, but he's great in it. I, that's fine. I hate when people tell me movies like that are good, like Fair Living in Las Vegas. I feel like Traffic <laughs> is the crash of the 90s. It, it, I, mean, I, I like it better than Aaron Brockovich, and that was the you second Soderbergh movie of the year. impregnated Rod Stewart's daughter, and now they, they have a baby together? so afraid you were going to say that he impregnated Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and the little daughter's cute. Her name's uh, something. She's cute, though. Uh, Whose daughter? Uh, Rod Stewart's daughter. Oh. The one that used to be friends with uh, Paris Hilton or whatever? Yeah. That one that was on TV? Yeah. Oh, okay. I forget her name, too, but... Nicole Richie? Is she, like, half his age? Mm, no, because she's, less. like, 37. Oh, okay. So she's a little older. Oh, okay. I mean, Rod Stewart's been around. He's 73. Sure, yeah. Well, you know. So, yeah. Still kicking it, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I was supposed to see him this week. 
<laughs> Ryan, don't cry. Um, Maybe later. What so, were you talking about, Zach? Something about Gonzo? Yeah, can you go into the next movie, please? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, I saw the Netflix movie Game Over Man with the Workaholics guys. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I think he's the only one who likes it. I, did you, did you, I didn't watch it, but everything I've read about it says it's awful. I think you might have fun with it. There's a fun scene where they're trying to I distract the bad guys, and the way Adam Devine's character or ch- chooses to distract them is have the two guys hide behind the bed while he hides in a closet, and they open up the closet, and it's it, he's pretending that he's doing uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. And it turns on the two henchmen, and so the henchmen. Thank you for reminding that. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I love that you just <laughs> jerked off, jerking off on a podcast. But you put your hand underneath the table. For all you listening uh, at home, I'll give you a picture. He said autoerotic asphyxiation, and he put his hand underneath the table and started jerking off. So I don't know if he was really jerking off. Um, he could have. And you're at the other side of the table. For all I know, you aren't wearing pants. Yes, we don't know this. <laughs> that, that that's a mystery. Anyways, the, game over. That, that's the mystery that the listeners will just have to keep in their heads forever. I'll <sighs> complete the fantasy by choking you out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brad wins. Um. Oh. <laughs> um. Oh, all right. Well, that's the end of the show, guys. Uh, <laughs> um. It was harmless enough. Like, I mean, it's nothing special. Like, I, the, in, I do like stupid comedies. I mean, yeah. It, and yes, it, so that's do. that's why I think like. You're, I don't think you're gonna rewatch it unless maybe you do. Like it's it's a gamble, I guess. Sure. There's funny moments in it. Like there's 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 it's on Netflix, so you're not gonna spend any money like wasting any money on it. You $7 know, dollars a month. But it's but 10, think about the other compared to all the other stuff you watch on it. But um, they released a whole season of MST3K on Netflix this week. I don't know that I have time for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> do so, they give Bill Prack ba- uh, Bill Paxton credit for the There's and, no mention of him in that movie at ooh, all. Ooh, for shame. That's that is a mistake. I know. So, but I Game mean Game over, man. I I I, I, I thought it was weird too, but I was just like, yeah, whatever. This is a this is a fun little movie. I can dig on it. Nice. Um, so yeah, if you need a little romp, check that out. Um, cool. I saw Wind River finally. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Taylor Sheridan's directorial debut. Um, that movie's extremely brutal and extremely rough. Yeah. The it's great when, and so if you don't know what the what it is, it's Jeremy Renner plays a um a tracker in Hawkeye. Yeah. He plays a tracker. Actually, in, yeah, because like the movie starts with him like sniping a wolf across a field. Yeah, You're like oh hell yeah. Um, plays a tracker who um, comes across a body in um, this on this Indian reservation called Wind River. Um, it's like and it's pretty much like a bad neighborhood like kind of situation. Like that's there's a lot of shit going down in that area because it's next to a very it's next to a. Yeah, this might be a it's, spoiler. It's because it's an Indian reservation in America, and yeah. we don't take care of those no good. That's true. That's like, why it's a bad neighborhood. But, so yeah, so maybe it's best not for me to get specific. But it's 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 about trying to find out who murdered that woman. Yeah, or why that woman died. Yeah. Um. And oops, uh, how'd this body get here? Yeah, kind of. Uh, uh, but it's really good. Um. It's shot beautifully. Um. I was I wasn't into the handheld at the first couple of minutes of it, but then I kind of got into the world of it and mm-hmm. I was able to accept it. Um uh Elizabeth Olsen is amazing. Scarlet Witch? Yes. <laughs> I, you were sitting there waiting just for that. It was. It took him long enough. Fuck. Yeah, it's yeah. it's Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch solve mysteries together. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Um and uh but she's great in it. Like there's there's a lot of scenes where she has to do stuff that's way beyond her character's maturity level. Yeah. That I think is expertly handled. Yeah, it, um, they, they, she is a talented Olsen for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Roya. Oh, yeah. um, it's it's funny, like it's a it's a overwrought sort of character arc of like, 
oh man, like this isn't even my job or like this isn't what I was trained for. But like it, they pull it off in that movie really well. It, it's more of like just like I wasn't supposed to be the one on this case. Yeah. I'm the nearest person here. They sent me because no one else gives a shit. Yeah. And I'm supposed to just call them and go like, which hey, is, this one's bad. Someone is, else show which up. Which is yet another layer to it. Um, And the guy who plays Taylor Lautner's dad in the Twilight series is in it and plays the father yeah. of the murdered girl. And he's amazing. Yeah. Like he is just blowing it out of the fucking water, man. He's great. Yeah. Um I would say like in terms of the brutality between that and Hell or High Water for Taylor Sheridan scripts, like I think Wind Rivers like like I'm glad he got to direct it because then he mm-hmm. was able to show how he can capture brutality on his own level cuz the climax of this film I thought was way more intense and way more disturbing than Hell or High Water. I agree. Which in itself was its own deal. Yeah. Um, um, I saw The Death of Stalin yesterday, um, and uh, Brad had talked about it on the episode that none of you guys decided to show up for. Um, and uh, <laughs> Just kidding. Um, what? It's I from bl- the creator. I, I called out, son. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's from the creator of Veep, and... Um, the spinoff series uh, or the spinoff movie in the loop. Um, and it's about basically what happens after S- Joseph Stalin dies um, and how the, the inner circle of Stalin deals with that Sunshine, death. Lollipops and rainbows. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's what I found amazing about the film is, is that it's manages to balance moody, a, a moody atmosphere with slapstick comedy. Like it's, there's scenes where they're showing like the death, the hit list that Stalin would write up and whatnot about his uh, within the country, like intertwined with Steve Buscemi and uh, the character, the guy who's playing Bayer doing like stomach bumps in slow motion. Like <laughs> this, this shit's bananas and I love it. Um, J- uh, Jeffrey Tambor's in the film. He plays um, Malakov and he plays Malakov as this whimpering, uh, whimpering, idiotic jackass. Um, Steve Buscemi plays Khrushchev as a gangster. Um, Bayer, uh, Bayer's played by this guy named Simon Russell Beals, who's like a guy, like apparently one of the greatest stage actors in London, apparently for, from some certain critics or in America. Um, yeah. So, but he's great in it. Um, and, and Michael Palin plays, um, Molotov. Um, and he kind of brings a little Monty Python charm to that character. Molotov Cocktease? No. From... Venture Brothers? Molotov, the <laughs> man who was at the peace talks in That's San Francisco for I'm an American Week in 1945, sir. Do your history. Um, it's it's. I think it's uh, yes, it's relevant, but outside of that, like it's just a really funny, solid satire, and cool. it's done like very sophisticated and like very like it's very elegant. Like it reminds me of a Lubitsch film, um, like in the way that like it's handled. It doesn't like it doesn't overlook its dark side. And it's, it allows you to live in that world while still seeing the absurdity of it. And it ends in like a, in a both hilarious and yet somber, sad reality. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's amazing. I, I recommend you check it out. The, the guy who directed it, um, who's the creator of Veep, he's, he's amazing. I, Veep's a great show. Yeah, Veep's a great show. I haven't seen the show it's based on, which is In the Thick of It, which is the BBC show that he did, which spun off into a film called In the Loop with James Gandolfini. So, um, but that'd be interesting to check out. Hmm. Um, and then watched a little bit of The Office again, and that show's fun. Doing the first season. The first season's rough, but 
Um, yeah, it's it only different. six episodes, so mm-hmm. just plow on through that and get to the good stuff. Yep. So that's all I watched this week. Uh, Brad, I like your shirt. I just knows, realize what T-shirt you're wearing. Oh, thanks. It's awesome. It's Genesis for those who can't see. Oh, um, yeah. Our, our live stream's the blacking out right now. Thing from <laughs> Star Trek? What? No. The band? The band. Yeah. Oh. Mike Rutherford, Tony Banks, yeah. Bill Collins. Uh, I only watched a few things this week. Uh, I watched the uh, Penis Show with Penis McHale. Oh, um, man. It's, so it's really funny. So it's the Joe McHale Show. And, and it's basically his talk soup, but it's right. on Netflix, so it's way more funny. And he can be way more over the top. Yeah. And in this week's episode, Bill Nye the Science Guy shows up. Oh. And has a, like a time machine. And so before he leaves, he's like... Yeah, and so before he leaves, uh, Bill Nye says, like, this arbitrary date, and Joe McHale goes, wait a minute, that's the day I was born. And then the next thing that pops up says a Penis McHale show with Penis uh, with penis McHale, because now Bill Nye's, like, the world's biggest practical joker, so he changed his name from Joel to Penis. And it goes throughout the whole episode, and then at the end, when the credits are rolling, it says Penis McHale in the credits. It's really oh, funny. that's really good. Um, so you should check it out, the Penis yeah, McHale show great. on Netflix. This is the first week I haven't watched it on a Sunday night. No, I don't yeah, know it's, why. It's pretty great. Um, oh. I only, the only other things I watched is I watched a couple DC animated stuff. I watched Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero. I like to call it just oh. Batman Sub-Zero. Yeah. It came out on Warner Archive, and the, the transfer is awesome. Uh, I really like it because it's a Batgirl story, too. And what's really cool about the Warner Archive disc is on the back it has a menu of the order to watch the Mr. Freeze episodes mm. and where this takes place, and they included all those Mr. Freeze episodes. Daddy. Yes. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I just want to interrupt you, Dad. So... It's really cool. So on the back, it has Heart of Ice, and then the other one, then when this one takes place, and then it has the following one, and then a Batman Beyond episode. And that's all the special features on it, and it has like a 50-second thing, How to Draw Batman. But it's really cool. I mean, so what I did, I actually watched the episodes, and then I watched them in order how it told you to, Mm. Uh, and it's really great. Mr. Freeze goes from being kind of a goofy villain. I mean, if you've seen... uh, the original Batman TV series or any of the Batman early comics. He's goofy. I think his original name was Mr. Zero and he's goofy, but he goes from that to being really tragic. And yeah, Paul Dini really reworked that. one. Oh yeah. And in this movie, he's still trying to figure out how to save his wife. And he thinks he figures it out. And when it happens, he, I don't want to spoil the end. The ending's brilliant. Um, But yeah, you should see it. You have to get past the goofy, like polar bears in it. But uh, the rest of the movie is really great. Uh, I also watched one that totally shocked me. I, I remember, I don't know where I saw it, but it's the uh, 10 best DCU uh, animated films. And Batman vs. Robin was on it. And I went to Best Buy and it was like $9, $7. I don't know. So I put it in and it's one of the best animated movies. Wow. Because um, one, I'm not a big fan of Damian Wayne because he's a little bitch. <laughs> but oh, wow but i agree it, how do you really feel but in this it it so it takes the did you ever read the court of the owls uh most of it so it takes the court of the owls and weaves damian wayne into it <laughs> so with talon trying to turn robin against batman is really cool because the story of damian wayne is him and uh batman and talia ghoul had a baby that batman didn't know about then damian wayne just shows up well, she drops him off. She's like, here, this is your problem now. Yeah, basically. And Or I don't want him to grow up as like an assassin thug. Something yeah. like that. I can't remember. Uh, 
so it's it's really well done. The action scenes are super brutal, and it's super well. I mean, in it, I think Talon kills like hundreds of people. Uh, it's still PG thirteen, but it's still pretty hardcore. And is it, I'm watching is it, it the Madhouse like animation style, or is it more like the animated series? Uh, it's more of like the Madhouse. So it's not animated series, but the Batman's a different design. Um, Who plays Batman? Jason o- Jason Mara. I don't know. He's pretty good. Um, and no, the movie's really good. I was shocked. Uh, and then I'm watching, like, man, how are people going to know like who Damian Wayne is? Because he just shows up and then he's already Robin. And I guess it's like the middle part of a trilogy they did. I guess Son of Batman's first, and then Batman vs. Robin, and then Demon. I don't even know. I don't even know what the next one is. Because um, I was watching, like, man, I'm glad I know my Batman history because this is really complicated. Is it the Bad Blood <laughs> one? Maybe Bad Blood. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Whenever Robin grows up. Because it ends with him going to the same monastery that Bruce Wayne went to. Hmm. Uh, I haven't seen any of those, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. I should, you should see Son of Batman. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, because, it, it, I mean, he does it. And I think, I mean, Batman versus Robin. It's a horrible title. The cover art's garbage. Uh, they should just called it uh, Court of the Owls. Yeah. But, Damian Wayne's in it. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's actually, in this context, he makes sense. Uh, so I actually, I really liked it. And the, they had the special feature... Featurette that's like 40 minutes is really cool. It deals with secret societies and how it fits well into Batman and Gotham City. Uh, so it's pretty well done. And that's what I watched this week. Sweet. Cool. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we went and saw A Quiet Place. Zach, should people see A Quiet Place? Yeah. Um, I was blown away by how amazing this was. I was already excited for it, and it met all my expectations and even exceeded them. Nice. Brad? No, this movie's dog shit, and I'm really disappointed that you like it, because I saw your letterbox review. No, I'm just kidding. This, this movie is pretty amazing. <laughs> um, and it's it's funny that you do like it because you always rag on movies that like rely heavily on sound effects, like jump scares. Mm-hmm. It's and true. This is like the I, ultimate I, I, jump I had scare that movie. Same thought during the movie, where I was like, "This is that thing Ryan doesn't like." <laughs> yeah, but I think what they do with like yeah. character development and yeah. like using that trope to its full effect is just. It's one of the few movies where I'm like sitting there actually like, like it wasn't scary, but it was just like tense and uh, unnerving. Um, uh, but the only, I think the only knock on it is like, I don't know if I would watch it a lot after this. So, cause once it's over, you, you kind of get it. But um, the, the ride, it, it, the experience itself is just incredible. Well, so. If you're like me, you're so like, I tend to, when I rewatch things like like Thor Ragnarok, Ragnarok or whatever, I'll do other stuff while I'm watching it. This is not a movie you can do other stuff because you have to read most of the time. Read yeah. and watch, like, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I really like this movie. Uh, I would even say I love this movie. I wish it was called Cloverfield Farms. Um, <laughs> other than that, I I love this movie so much I'm trying to figure out how to convince my mom to go see it even though it's just scary enough that she's going to be like, but like the actual, the character story at the heart of this is so good that like, I, I compared it to the village, which Ryan will will hate that. Um, Oh shit. But, uh, but I think there's, you know, this is definitely scarier than that, but I I think it's a wonderful film that even if you don't like a horror movie, you should go check this out. Cause yeah, I agree. It's, it's more tense than anything else. How much did you pee yourself? Uh, not much. I mean, there, there's one moment where I, I had to look away because I was like, I don't want, I know this is coming in. I don't want to see this. Um, but no, no, for the most part I was fine. Yeah. Ryan? 
yeah, no, this movie is amazing. Uh, to answer Brad's question, I, why I don't like jump scares, because I think they're cheap. In a movie where I think the sound is actually a character, yeah. I think it actually benefits the film. Uh, I'll talk about it when we get to spoilers, but both myself and my wife cried in this movie yeah. at totally different parts. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and I, it's, it's, it's an amazing film where there's, I think I was reading three minutes of dialogue. Yeah. And it uses, and, two the monsters are awesome in it. You almost forget about halfway through, you almost forget that they're not talking. Yeah. That you're reading everything. Like, you get so used to it that it's just fine. Yeah, it's very well done. Uh, here's the trailer for A Quiet Place. have a dude in my theater like so uh one my wife really wanted to see this with me and i was always i'm always shocked because she's not a big movie person like me so when she says oh i want to go see that movie i'm i always have to like re-plan my whole day <laughs> ryan it's just because some every now and then she just wants to spend time with Did you, you talk to my wife god is exactly what she said to me no i'm just smart <laughs> um <laughs> shit uh, but no, she really wanted to see this film, and I mean, she likes you know, horror movies. You know how many marriage books I've read in the last twelve months? That's why I know the answer. <laughs> I don't write, read any. I just go wing it. You just watch Dick Van Dyke and go, "Yeah, I wish." Yeah, pretty <laughs> much <laughs> every day. Because you go to church, do you have to go to like meet with your pastor like every couple weeks? And we like, are doing that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of the people who gave me the book. Yeah. A couple of the books have just been about sex. Those are great. Don't listen to those while on a plane, though. So all you have to do is take your pee and stick it in her V. There's your sex. <laughs> um, but back to quite Tell me more. Tell me more. Are the books more like pamphlets? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's just a diagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, her, bam. <laughs> it says man, woman only. Oh. Hey, hey, I didn't write it. <laughs> This movie's well done. Uh, <laughs> it, it is intense. When I when I was there though, uh, so 
this movie doesn't have very much talking in it, so it is a quiet movie. And literally, the Alamo's pre-show is like, you know, quit, don't talk in this movie. And so I'm sitting there, and the movie's about to start, and then some motherfucker comes in. So I'm like in the third row. He comes in, sits down with his girlfriend, and they're talking to him, like, oh, whatever. It'll end. But he would be like one of those guys. So I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but when you whisper in a movie, it's more annoying to me. Oh, yeah. If you just say, hey, there's a monster on screen, not... Well, because if you whisper, you clearly think you're getting away with it. Like, yeah. At least if you're loud, you know you're an asshole. Because there's a, that really sweet part when Emily Blunt is teaching her kid how to um, do math. Yeah. And she's, I forget the exact dialogue, but she says yeah. something like, that would be amazing and uh, or something like that. And he literally repeats what she said to his girlfriend who is sitting with her him. What just happened on screen? Yeah, maybe his girlfriend's blind. It's funny. No, because I, she got up and like had to pay for her own meal, and I saw her. Oh, so get, he's just a dick. He's just a dick. There is something about that because I can't remember. I I can't remember what it is she says, but that one stood out to me because I'm like, oh, that's not actually what she said. Like she doesn't. It's something like she says amazing, but she. she I think he just said you're amazing because he solved the problem. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's a really sweet moment because she's such a great actress that like she. Even though she really isn't saying much there, you believe yeah. you believe her. And the I, I was reading today that little girl who had the hearing impairment is yeah. really deaf. She's actually deaf. Oh yeah, no, it's a huge deal. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. And she's amazing. Oh, she's great. Yeah, that scene she has with uh her dad where he she doesn't want the the hearing aid. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Oh man, it's awesome. Yeah. So what's this movie about? Uh, it's about uh <laughs> these monsters that can here there's really well giant bat creatures come out of the earth and it's like four years in the future yeah <laughs> and then and it starts and they murder a child in the first 10 minutes so that's yeah. great awesome. and then we skip forward a year um and it's shot really cool that scene i mean it's a little bit in the trailer but when you see him turn on that thing and you see uh john krasinski running and you see the monster running next to him like oh fuck yeah shit just got real kind of jazzy you know despite oh, the yeah. monsters probably the most Tense part of the movie for me was when she steps on the nail. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's the part uh, that I can and look breaks at. the glass. So, those yes. are shots that I don't like in movies where I'm like, I saw it, I know what's gonna happen in the next five minutes. That yeah. one frustrated it's me. Hurt me. That one frustrated <laughs> me because it's like, okay, they introduce the gun, the nail, they introduce it, and then Chekhov's gun goes off and then just stays there for a while. So every time someone went in the basement, I'm like. Are we gonna have someone step on the nail again? Like, because they would show it again, yeah. but then it didn't happen. And I'm like, I just needed a two second shot where somebody hits that nail with a hammer so that it's gone. Like, I needed that to be gone. <laughs> like, or pry it out because you can't. If you right. hit it, well, it'd be too loud. She really didn't have time. I, no, I understand. It, it was, I understand the logic. It's just like now it was still there. Yeah. When so then it was. When you're dealing with giant ear monsters, taking out a nail is not imperative. <laughs> it was <laughs> it's interesting at that point. Was I mean, when she goes into labor, is really intense. Oh yeah, movie. that whole sequence. My is great. my wife is so cute. So she was sitting. She always sits on my right. So she's sitting on my right, and she grabbed my arm and like started squeezing, and I could feel her like breathing really quickly. Because you know Emily Blunt is stepping on the nail, and she's yeah. trying not to make a noise because she's going into labor, and it's uh, like I still think the scene's intense, but for a woman who's had a child, it's probably way more visceral. Where yeah. you're like, "Oh my god, right? What am I? What if that was me?" And it was really cool to see, to feel that reaction from my wife in a film mm-hmm. because it's it's intense. Yeah. yeah, that sequence is great, especially like the whole. Uh, the movie does a really great job of setting up 
some things and then but not a, you know like you 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 learn what it's for when the time comes so like you see the lights early and then when the yeah. lights change then you're like oh that was all set up for a message for these reasons you know because they're all not able to communicate um yeah it's it's cool or like you see the you see the baby coffin um and, oh, that and you kind of oh, know that, early that on me out for where a the second. creature slides in the water and yeah. you're like oh my god oh, yeah where it, it aliens itself <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> i'm amazed how every time every time i thought oh how are they gonna explain this part and then all of a sudden it's explained and really well yeah like i just everything's planted so meticulously and so carefully that it all like works to its benefit like yeah. it, it's beautiful and like and I'm amazed how grounded it is. Like like for a movie like what was the budget on this film? Seventeen. I mean, I guess that makes sense. If you lower the budget, you can maybe take a little more risk yeah, on that. It's, 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 it's interesting because so, it's, like, it's so emotionally raw. Yeah. Like for a for a horror film especially. Well that's why it works. And it's you know, so I, I tease a little bit. I'll tell you the two parts where me and my wife cried. Please. So uh so we to mention the little boy who was killed at the beginning. Yeah. Uh there's a scene where before Emily Blunt goes into labor, she goes upstairs into the room and starts crying Yeah, because you find out later that she believes it's her fault. Right. And the little girl believes it's her fault. It, oh, yeah. It's, it's no one's it, fault. It all like the whole point here of, hey, this is a movie where nobody's able to talk. When this movie shows up on my top 10 list at the end of the year, yeah, right. uh, it will be solely because this movie leverages its idea to say something very profound about the importance of communication and mm. and the way that we all carry guilt and don't talk about it yeah. and all of that. I mean, it is it is sewn into this film and then excused away because of the the monster in a beautiful way. Yeah, and so so my so she's sitting in the room and just crying and looking at the little things from the little boy, yeah. the rocket, and my wife, I can see her, she's like <laughs> yeah. and her eyes are all red. So for me, there's a huge setup for where uh so john krasinski and his son are sitting at like the river's edge and he's mm -hmm. telling his son he's like you don't have to be afraid here you can talk to me yeah and his, the the most important thing for him the son to tell the dad is do you not love her anymore right you know do you not love your own daughter and he's like no that's not true and then about 20 minutes later uh they're being attacked by a monster and the dad realizes the only way to save his kids is to sacrifice himself. That was the most badass moment and I've seen like, this year. I started welling up, and then he says, I love you. I've always loved you. And then I'm he like, just lets out a I'm primal. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, that got it is me. A, it is a gut-wrenching, like... Like, just the, the full-blown, like... Cathartic scream. The, yeah, just everything, like, everything being let loose. Yeah. And... and no, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, every one of these actors is so great in the movie. The little boy who's afraid. Yeah. And then the girl who... Is like the hero of the movie. She she yeah. doesn't think about it. She goes in and saves her brother when he's sinking into the corn. And yeah, um, oh yeah, that happened. Yeah, it's <laughs> by the way, corn is scary now. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> movie made corn scary. Oh shit! And it just it works on so many levels because yeah, you know she she's so mad at her dad, but she realizes what he's going to do by sacrificing himself. Mm -hmm. And it, the scene plays out. It's scary and it's also super heartfelt and he was able to communicate that to her and the scene leading up afterwards when the truck's rolling down the street and Emily Blunt comes out, they don't even say anything and she knows that he's dead. Yeah. Well, she's got the video camera. She watches yeah, it happen. But you know what I mean? Like Which she's is, yeah. 
the 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 emotion that they have and right and then I mean my favorite show is at the end when you know I mean the shotgun I know about halfway through the movie I had this moment (laughs) where I realized like oh like this is one of those small movies where this isn't World War Z this isn't going to end well like they if they're lucky they have a baby and they get to keep living like the only good ending is that and then of course it you know they gave me an ending that is you know as as every ending should be unpredictable but inevitable. Um, but yeah, that whole sequence was great. I just love that it's like this really super, like scary family drama, and then it goes into like B movie. Oh now yeah. Emily Blunt's this badass, and her her daughter is able to <laughs> like use We're her one two punch. The yeah. It, 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 I I thought it was gonna be Mars Attacks, where like she was gonna play the sound and their heads were gonna explode, but the shotgun was better. Yeah. Um, because well, that was very uh, yeah. satisfying. Because I mean, it's even like a great shot too, setting it up where uh, they kill that one and they look on their videos and those other two are running towards them, and yeah. she's like, "Fuck this, we're taking them out. Love it, <laughs> yeah. love it. So good. That's yeah. how I write stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kill am- them all. I'm amazed that this film made like the 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 getting over the death of a child like subject matter. Mm-hmm. which I haven't really seen in a movie since that rabbit hole movie with Nicole Kidman, take it and make it like accessible to a wide audience yeah. via this clever, clever premise and this clever, clever idea. Because like it's right now it's some of the best acting that I can think of that I've seen this year in, in a movie like of this nature. And my right. audience was invested. I mean, oh, yeah. besides yeah. a whispering dude, whatever, but yeah, but you he know, w- he's not invested in anything. So no, but everyone else, you could hear the gasps. And, uh, when she shot that monster, someone's like, yeah, like, and I don't think they meant it to be funny. I think it was just like, no, oh, excelling, yeah. exhaling. And like, I can finally relax. They figured it out. Oh yeah. And Krasinski, yeah. I'm just, I'm amazed. Like how I, I, he's directed before. I, yeah, think. I think two things, um, but I've never seen him. So like, the the masterful thing he does here above uh, maybe not above all else but uh, among it is like i think it's very easy today to direct an episode of the office actually yeah yeah he did yeah. Um, um but um there's it's very hard i think today especially to not get the audience to just keep their eyes on the screen because there's always that temptation to look down at your phone or look down at anything else around you if you get bored and not only does this keep your attention and keep your eyeballs on the screen but Quite honestly, even if you're not interested, this movie requires you to watch it the whole way. Watch every frame. Be invested in everything because of the fact that it's silent. It's not like sugar-feeding you dialogue or anything like that. Mm. You have to pay attention to it because it's in two different languages, English and American Sign Language. Um, So therefore, the acting itself reminds me a lot of silent cinema. Not even just – not necessarily when they're doing the signs, but just – I'm. I have to watch Emily Blunt to understand her pain, like via her facial expressions, and not necessarily what she might be telling me later on in a dialogue scene. Like I'm having to carry that emotional weight just by reading her face and reading her expressions. And I think that that's kind of a beautiful gift to give to mm-hmm. the world that is usually kind of spoon fed on a ma- on a major yeah. release. You know. So he he also directed a movie called The Hollers. Uh, which I'm only pointing out because on the cover he's making out with Anna Kendrick. So I'll, I'll mm. probably see this. Holla. Yeah. It actually looks really good. He directed three episodes of The Office. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Good for him. This thing is great. And then brief interviews with hideous men. Yeah. Okay. I like Krasinski. Um, the monster was pretty cool. I liked oh, that yeah. it had giant long bat 
arm the leg. Oh, I thought it was really cool. I loved how it, you could see. It's basically a giant ear. Yeah. yeah. And use its senses and. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. It was one of those few CGI monsters that I like that that just like I was I fully bought it. Like I was not like off put by anything like about the way it looked, the way it moved, the way it interacted with the actors at all. It is like, part of why I was like. It, it kind of looks like a Cloverfield monster. Right. Like I was watching, yeah. I was like, this is totally, this should have been Cloverfield Paradox instead of Cloverfield Paradox. Holy shit. Like decapitated that old dude. Oh, yeah. yeah so, but then, but oh, then yeah. It's brutal. But then yeah. in this PG-13, universe. right? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Is it really just yeah. PG-13? Yeah. Wow. It feels Smashes not. that raccoon, too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, the or rats or whatever those were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raccoons. Were they raccoons? Oh, yeah. okay. Rocket, no. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Aww. Yeah, I, I I don't want to think about Rift Tracks trying to do this movie. That's too perfect. Yeah. Uh, next week on Real Nerds Podcast, we're seeing I Kill Giants. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I'm really doing it because Zach won't be able to make it, so break his streak, and I'll still have the record. Oh wow. Oh, that's cold. Cold blooded. Well, makes you think I won't show up anyway. <laughs> it's sold out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, not to the movie, to the show. Mm, yeah, I well, could be on the show and not watch well, the movie. Well, no, because me and Brad will be the only ones on because, James, you're gone, right? Uh, I'm something, yes. I don't remember. Actually, that that might be to my advantage because I have to go pick up stuff from the Alamo at the film club. Oh, I'm just so. kidding. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah. I also think we're going to see Rampage. I think, no. So the trip that was originally planned for next week is now for the week following. You're doing like a so festival, I'll, right? Are you going to be on the show? Well, I'll be here, but I've got a concert Friday night, so okay. I can't see I Kill Giants. But, but I could probably be here for the, yeah. Oh, no, okay. is is Rampage next week? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, well, I'll go see Rampage. Is yeah. that what we're doing, Brad? Are we doing I Kill Giants? You should, I mean, uh, you I should do it. was going to be Rampage, but it, I mean, if we're all seeing, I, well, I guess we're not all seeing Everybody else. Yeah, so it'll be Rampage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, me well, and, just, me yeah. and Brad will uh, see I Kill Giants, and Dude. i got to email uh, the Alamo and see if maybe I can talk to Mr. Joe Kelly. To be completely honest, you should do them both, and I will probably leave for the I Kill Giants part, because this is probably a movie I don't want to have spoiled for me. Okay. Um... But yeah, you guys should just review them both. Cool. Cool. Till next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Guys, shut up. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.